Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's the KSL Greenhouse. Expert tips for flowers, trees, gardens, and soil. Our hosts are Maria Chaleos and Ton Bettis on KSL News Radio. Good morning, and thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse. We'll be taking your calls in just a minute at 801-575-8255, and the phone lines are open, or you can text us your questions at 57500. For me, Ton, it's hard to start talking about things like pruning fruit trees. I mean, it's time, and I still just have a ton of snow at my house. Yeah, and it's it's still for peaches and cherries and nectarines and plums. We still have another week or so before we really start pruning, but it is getting close. And so you may be out there in snow boots just clipping That's away. So and funny. Yeah, it is. And so we're not going to explain how to, you know, prune a peach over the radio very well. You know, you need pictures and things, but we've put a fact sheet up called Pruning Fruit Trees Clip With Confidence. Someone... <laughs> got uh, creative in the name, but it shows you how to make pruning cuts, what kind of cuts you would make into a tree, and then it will show you two pruning styles. One of them is open center, and the other one is central leader. Mm-hmm. And But what's the main goal? The I main mean, why goal... Why do you prune these trees? One, there's actually two or three. So you're going to want to control the size of the tree. That's one, so it's easier to pick. The second goal is to maximize your fruit production. And so you're not necessarily going for the most pounds, but you're going for healthy fruit that's a little bigger, that's full of sugar. And so pruning will allow more sunlight into the tree so that the fruit will sweeten up more than what it would have without that sun exposure. So and then the other reason we prune is to take dead and diseased wood out of the tree and that's always, you can do that any time, but dead and diseased wood, health of the tree, and then the size of the fruit are going to be the main reasons we prune. But timing is critical with fruit trees. It is. And so it you need to watch, especially on peaches and apricots, 
how much frost damage you get. And so when you go to a pruning class, oftentimes the instructor will teach you how to uh, cut into a bud with a razor blade and be able to determine if your um, blossoms are still healthy and viable Mm -hmm. or if you had really cold weather, you know, the percentage. And so if you know your tree took a lot of frost damage, even though like on peaches, we usually say to prune 40%, 50% of that wood out, you may only take 25% because you still have half your blossoms alive. And so it's, there's not an absolute, you have to take into account if you had really hard frost that damaged the trees, but in a normal year, peaches, nectarines take 40 to 50% of the branches out. Out, and all others around 25 to 30%. What is the biggest thing people do wrong when they're pruning fruit trees? There's a few things. One is that they don't leave any branching toward the base of the tree. You know, nobody wants to, in the middle of the summer, try to duck under a tree that is only a foot or two off the ground and try to get the mower under there. And so we're not planting in lawns if you can avoid it. But you can start your branching at about waist height or a little higher and leave fruit-bearing wood the entire length of a limb instead of just out on the tips. And so if you can imagine that that branch as it grows out, if it has a fruit load evenly distributed from the base of the limb up, it's going to have less of a chance of falling out and breaking than a limb that's had a lot of the fruit producing wood cut out of it and all the fruit are just out on the outer edge. And so it's almost like us, if you got a 10 pound weight and held your arm out horizontally, it's going to be really difficult to hold that weight up. But if you had that 10 pounds distributed along the length of your arm, evenly, it'd be much easier to hold your arm up for a longer period of time. So that's one of the major mistakes. And then another one is not paying attention to where you're making pruning cuts because you can cause a lot of unneeded growth from over pruning or improper pruning that you then will need to go back in and cut out the next year or maybe in the summer. Mm-hmm. How about over pruning? Over pruning is another error because it'll re- pr- reduce your fruit load And it could because if you've over pruned, let's say the tree has a lot of blossoms, but you cut a lot of the leaf bearing branches out, it will produce fruit, but then it may die over the winter. Mm. And so we're really paying attention to the amount of wood we take out. And so, like I said, for everything but nectarines and peaches, 20 to 30% of the branching is what your goal is. Nectarines and peaches, because they're super vigorous and they only produce on one-year-old wood, you can take more out on those. All right. Other than checking out the fact sheet so they can see exactly where to make those cuts, any other advice? Look for pruning classes. I know that Cherry Hill down in South Utah County I think it's teaching one today. You still may be able to show up there. If you look at Cherry Hill's website and go to the Santa Quinn location, you can get information on that. Uh, Lee Nelson Hokey from Garden Answers, she and Dan Owen are teaching a pruning class, I think, today or next week. Mm-hmm. So you can get on um, 
her, uh, try to contact her over Facebook and look for announcements there. And then a lot of garden centers, extension services, conservation garden park. You can register for pruning classes, but they do fill up sometimes. So, but those are things I would look at as far as learning to prune. The advantage of going to the classes, what would you say the advantage is? You have a live demonstration of what to do. Oftentimes you get handouts. You will have an instructor saying, okay, here's a bud. Make your pruning cut here. You know, this is why we've shaped the tree this way. And so it's almost, I mean, you can learn to do things on your own, but it just speeds up the process and you have somebody to ask questions so that you can get those questions answered. And so it just, I think it greater understanding, greater understanding and a confidence boost a little bit because you're not just out there saying, do I cut here or there? And so it's just one of those things that even for the $20, if it costs that much, I, if you're serious about growing fruit trees, they're worth doing. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back with more with your calls and questions. Phone lines are open. You can call us 801-575-8255 or you can text your question to 57500. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought I'm going to die today started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Good morning, Todd and Maria with you. Number to call 801 575 8255. Text us at 57500. Let's go back to our text line. We have a number of questions here. Um, next person says, uh, you haven't said anything about the western cherry fruit fly when talking about cherry trees, and they want to know if that's still an issue. It's always going to be an issue. The western cherry fruit fly, when you have the little, and then I have the air quotes going here, worms and the cherries are really fly larvae, which isn't any better. But uh, western cherry fruit fly will lay eggs on cherries when the fruit turns straw yellow. And so that's when you need to start treating for it. There are organic sprays out there and reduced risk. So something like neem pie or Captain Jack's dead bug brew are two of them. They're either organic or reduced risk. Or you can use maybe permethrin. I don't recommend using that repeatedly because permethrin and related insecticides will flare uh, things like aphids and spider mites because they're really hard on predatory insects. Mm -hmm. But one use should be okay. But the advantage to cherries is that when those fruits turn straw yellow, within the next week to 10 days, you're going to have ripe cherries. And so you usually only need to spray a couple times so that it's not really a burden for like apples where it's a summer long process. 
But USU has fact sheets on Western Cherry Fruit Fly that you can look up by doing an internet search. Uh, Next listener says they have tulips and hyacinths coming up on the south side of their home. Can they fertilize them now? And if so, what fertilizer is good for spring bulbs? Just a light fertilizer. Do you need fertilizer you for don't. spring bulbs? You really don't. Um, I've never, I've never fertilized no. and bulbs. If you did, just a light application of lawn fertilizer, but you generally don't need to. Okay. A next listener says they're looking for a flowering bush that grows about four feet tall in full shade, requires minimal water. Is there such a thing? No. Wade, there is no such thing. There's not a flowering bush that grows four feet tall in full shade that doesn't need a lot of water? There are bushes that will survive on reduced amounts of water, but not zero water. Okay, he says minimal. This is Wade and yeah. South Weber. He's, okay. you know. Probably sandy soil. So as far as bushes that will tolerate the shade that are a little more water-wise, mm-hmm. the snowberry and coralberry bushes can be really nice especially coralberry, because it will, the flowers aren't super ornamental, but then you get these really brightly colored purple berries that can be very ornamental later on. And so that's one. Um, Otto Lichen's laurel will get flowers on it in the spring, and it can be pretty, and it gets about the same size, and it's an evergreen. But if you have deer problems, it will sometimes get snarfed up by the deer, that would be another one. And then if you wanted taller plants that with flowers, I might go for Japanese anemone. Even though they're a perennial, they can get three feet wide and two and a half, three feet tall over four or five years, and they do wonderfully in our soils. And so you would find those at garden centers starting in July into August. But Japanese anemone are is a, a spell looks like anemone but it's anemone and they're common, but they do really well and would give you some good flowers and get the size you want. All right. Next person says they have a couple of Zelkova trees in their park strip. Uh, They're just reaching three years old and they want them to grow taller. When should they prune them to encourage growth? Boy, we need that. Who was it? I wish I were a little bit taller. Uh, anyway, an old rap I thought it was, song. I wish I were a rich man. Well, that's oh, okay. Fiddler on the Roof. This was... <laughs> Oh, no, I can't remember. I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish all right, anyway, all right. anyway, what I would do is fertilize those trees with, if they're three-year-olds, probably a third of a cup of lawn fertilizer each spread out under the canopy of the trees. Maybe a half a cup, but no more. That will probably force them to push another six inches of growth beyond what they would do, and I would do that every spring. Okay, so the pruning wouldn't encourage the growth. Uh, it can, but it wouldn't necessarily make them taller. It would just make them bushier. Oh. Okay, next next listener says, when should they start seeding? Here's where autocorrect has done something. Uh, when should they start? I'm thinking they're thinking lawn seed. So if it no, is. No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, no, no. I'm wrong. There is more. Seeds like broccoli and carrots. When should they start doing that? Download USU's fact sheet. It's free. And if you will just put into your favorite search engine, USU and garden planting dates fact sheet, mm-hmm. it'll come up on the first hit and it'll give you by area planting dates. And so it'll have Wasatch Front and there's another one for higher mountain valleys. But most of those are started 
normally between mid and late March and mid-April. Okay, so I'm now translating what AutoCorrect did. So they want to know inside. So when You they never st- seed carrots indoors and try to transplant them. I've done that. And it goes from having a long root to having a spider web of roots because you <laughs> sever the, sever the tip and it oh, will boy. branch out into a witch's broom and you'll have the most beautiful carrot tops and no carrots. So that fact well, they, sheet, is there another fact sheet for inside seeds to plant inside? There are several. There, USU does have one out there on what to seed indoors and what you're doing is timing it with how many weeks you need before you had planted outside. And so like tomatoes are six weeks ahead, peppers are eight weeks ahead, and then the broccoli, cauliflower, a lot of the coal crops are going to be four or five weeks ahead of their outdoor planting date. So you'd get those started now. Okay. Before we take a break, uh, last question. What is the ratio of NPK for fertilizing raspberries this spring? It depends on what your soil, you need to soil test because there isn't a magic ratio. It's the percentage of nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Okay. And it's really P2O5 and K2O, but we don't need to get into that depth. But soil testing usually reveals that your plants will just need straight nitrogen. So something like 2000, if you are deficient, then triple 16 or 16168 are pretty good lawn fertilizers. All right, we're going to take a break. Number to call with your questions. Phone lines are open 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Let's dig around town with KSL Greenhouse. Redview Garden is looking for volunteers for the upcoming gardening season. Join them for a volunteer open house next Saturday, March 11th from 11 a.m. to 1 to learn more. Check out the volunteer page to learn more at redviewgarden.org. Are you being tortured by a variety of weeds in your yard? The Conservation Garden Park has the answer. Join them on Thursday, March 9th at 6 o'clock to learn the best practices for controlling weeds. Register at conservationgardenpark.org. Learn how to make a beautiful centerpiece with succulents at the Ogden Botanical Gardens on Thursday, March 9th from 6 to 8. The class will discuss succulents, care, maintenance, and design. Sign up at extension.usu.edu. Now a look at this week's quick tip. The time to start planting cool season veggies is generally between mid-March and early April because you can't just look at a calendar date and know when to plant from that. There are things that you need to watch, including daytime temperatures that should be consistently in the mid-50s and nighttime temperature that should be at least in the mid to high 20s. Soil temperatures are also important. For cool season vegetables, they need to be at least in the mid-40s to the low-50s. There are many vegetables that can be planted when these conditions are met, including radishes, peas, and other coal crops. You can also find the Dig Around Town calendar and more fun gardening info at kslnewsradio.com slash greenhouse. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. 
In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.